love like Moscato's, Riesling's. I've recently gotten into some red wine. I love wine tasting. One of my favorite memories actually was on the day that Allie was crowned. My family was able to go to a winery and uh, just about 30 minutes away from where she won in the middle of nowhere, Nebraska. And it was a really amazing experience where um, Allie's future in-laws and then my parents got to um, just go and taste a bunch of wine. And it was so fun and beautiful. I love the outdoors and um, it's been awesome. In mine, I would say probably just like a rosé. I also like sweet wine, but um, I'm not I'm not well versed really in wine, to be honest. So if it's tasty, I'll drink it, and that's what I like to say. Hello, and welcome back to another special quarantine episode of Pageants and Prosecco. I hope you guys are enjoying this time of isolation. I hope maybe you're reflecting on your pageant career. If you're listening to this today that is released, happy International Pageant Day to all my pageant queens. I hope you guys are using this time to reflect on your pageant career, whether it's over because of the quarantine pandemic and you're looking at how good your life has been as title holder, or if you are still continuing on on your journey, I'll be using this time to prep for your next competition, whenever that might be. I might actually do an episode about the future of pageantry in the middle of all this cocoa virus um, stuff that's going on. I've been in cahoots with it with a few people trying to see like what the future of pageantry is amidst this pandemic so i'll get let you guys know about that later but for today i hope you guys are healthy i hope your family is healthy i hope you're happy i hope you guys are really using this time to self-reflect and remember that you don't have to necessarily hustle this entire time during this pandemic if you come out of this pandemic and you don't have a new book or a new screenplay or a new podcast or a youtube channel launched or famous on TikTok, that's okay. You know, we're all going through something that's unprecedented, uncertain. And if you use this time to just kind of cope and just be present, then that's okay too. So don't let social media and pressure feel like you have to put out the next great American novel during this time of isolation or that you have no discipline because of what's going on. A lot of us are struggling. So I hope you guys are really um, finding the strength to make it through and hopefully we can get out of this uh, stay at home order sooner than later but for now during international pageant day it's only 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 right that i present you guys with an episode that i know you've been waiting for i am interviewing nebraskan royalty yes darling the swanson sisters miss nebraska Allie and megan on today's episode And let me tell you about a little bit more about the sisters before we dive into this episode. So the Swanson sisters made pageant history, being the first blood-related sisters to share the most coveted Miss Nebraska titles at the same time. Megan, who is older, was crowned Miss Nebraska USA 2020 back in January Allie, her sister, was is also the current reigning Miss Nebraska for the Miss America organization. 
Allie was crowned last summer 2019 and she competed at Miss America in December. Um, Megan was crowned Miss Nebraska USA in January with hopes of going to the Miss USA competition this spring. And just so you guys know, I did record this episode earlier before all this stuff happened, so I have not asked them, like I mentioned in the last episode. I, we have not talked about the coronavirus at all um, in this episode or about the future of Miss USA or, or anything. But Megan is going to Miss USA representing Nebraska this year. The sisters are fifth generation Nebraskans and both grew up playing sports, specifically basketball. Due to being 6'2 and 6 feet tall, they were both, of course, natural athletes. Allie went on to be the captain of a college's basketball team for three years, and both sisters attribute their success in pageantry to being athletic and being athletes. So their drive as an athlete inspired them to find their true passions. Megan is an entrepreneur, and she started her own coaching business called Powerhouse Pageantry, if you have not seen it already, on Instagram. It is a coaching service aimed at helping women around the world in pageantry. She also is a singer and has recently released her single called My City Worship, which she talks about in this episode. Allie is working on her master's in leadership and coaching from Bellevue University. In addition to pursuing her education, she also created the educational workshop called Cyber Smarts, which is focused on online safety and privacy. Both of the sisters dedicate their heart and soul into all of their endeavors, whether it's on stage or on the court. And they are amazing women to talk to. They are both really driven in their fields, individually and both combined. They are a force to be reckoned with. You guys, this is a great episode. Get two glasses, one for Megan, one for Allie. I guess get three. One for me, because I'm sipping, of course. Tune in as I introduce you guys to the Swanson sisters, Megan and Allie. Hello, Megan and Allie. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pageants and Prosecco podcast. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having us. I am so excited to get to talk to you both because you guys are both Miss Nebraska's in your own right, in your own systems. And I think it's truly incredible that you guys were crowned so close together. Yeah, thank you so much. We're, we're super excited to have a couple months together. Um, we are best friends in the real world and now get to be dual Miss Nebraska's, like you said. So it's an awesome privilege and opportunity. And I know we kind of already went over you guys' bios and whatnot, but for anyone who's listening, can you just tell us more? You guys are fifth generation Nebraskans. Is that what you have? <laughs> yes. Yep, we're fifth generation Nebraskans, born and raised right here in Nebraska. Would you consider Nebraska a big pageant state? I would say it's medium. It kind of depends on which system you're talking about. But I think we've seen a rise in really its relevance ever since Sarah Summers won um, Miss USA. And, you know, my former Miss Nebraska placed top 10 last year at Miss America. So I think it's on the rise. Yeah, I'd say we have really, really tough competition in Nebraska, even though it might be smaller in numbers, um, they attract very, very, very high caliber individuals. So even just in the the types of pageants that I've been to, um, we could have a only 25 girls competing, but there'll be like a really stacked top 10 of lots of previous title holders um, that have 
held other state titles in different systems. So Nebraska is kind of a cool state like that. So it has strong competition for those who enter. Uh, yes, absolutely. So can we just go back to the beginning of you guys' pageant journey? Megan, are you the one who began competing in pageants? Is that how you got you guys' family got introduced? Most definitely. So Allie and I were both raised as musicians and athletes. My parents met in a recording studio, and then all of us played basketball growing up. And Allie will tell you a little bit more about her extensive athletic career. But um, I decided to do my first big girl pageant, I guess, like one of the main two systems when I was 19, turning 20. And one Miss Nebraska, my first try. Obviously, that's not a lot of people's journey, but we also had no idea what we were doing. And then took a six-year hiatus before building my company and then competing again this year for Miss Nebraska USA. So pageants have had such a special place in our hearts now because they ended up paying for my college. My mom ended up losing her job the year that I was Miss Nebraska in the America system. And the money that I won from the Miss America organization is the only reason why I was able to finish college. And actually, I negotiated free housing for my year, for senior year, which accrued to about $10,000 that my family didn't have to end up spending just because of the communication skills that pageantry taught me. So pageants have had an amazing just thread kind of in our lives the past six or seven years. But yes, I was, as the older sister, I was definitely the first one. It wasn't even on Allie's mind at all till <laughs> probably two or three years ago. Definitely. So you were Miss Nebraska in the America system in 2014. Yes, ma'am. And then Allie, you won Miss Nebraska over the, I guess not over the summer because it was a new year, but in June of 2019, correct? Yep. So I'm the current Miss Nebraska 2019. And so I have a couple months left on my reign and I'm excited to see who will be Miss Nebraska 2020. Our pageant is May 31st through June 6th. And so on June 6th, we will crown the new Miss Nebraska, which was pretty exciting. That is kind of exciting. And you actually won a lot of things, Allie, when you, uh, at, at state for Miss Nebraska, you was Miss Nebraska Community Service Award winner the interview award winner, which you tied for, you got preliminary on-stage interview award and a preliminary evening wear award. Holy cow. <laughs> yes, I did. It was it was a, a whirlwind of emotions. And um, I think those awards were just the pinnacle of a lot of hard work um, coming up to Miss Nebraska. And, you know, I, it was really cool because my first runner-up, Allison, who ironically we have the same name, but we're really, really close. And both of us actually won a lot of those awards. So we were kind of neck and neck until the very end. Um, but it was kind of a cool experience to just go through that with her side by side and be encouraging each other in the journey and then having it be the, us two um, standing there at the end. Mm -hmm. What would you guys say has been the main difference between Megan when you competed Miss Nebraska in 2014 and Allie when you competed this last summer in 2019? Well, I, I'll start off by saying this is Megan talking because I know our voices sound really similar. <laughs> um, I, I obviously competed in the 1.0 system, loved it. That's all that existed back then. So I had a really wonderful time. Um, but now, obviously, I coach several women in the 2.0 system, which is also awesome. And Allie can speak a little bit more to that just because she was really in the middle of the transference mm -hmm. of 1.0 to 2.0 and then now the solidification of 2.0 of what it is now. So Allie, if you want to talk about that. I think it's really just been cool to see the progression of the organization and how much it's grown over the last couple of years. And I really think I have a unique perspective because my first year competing in 2018, 
we received the the notice that you know we were going to this 2.0 system during my competition week so we were competing in 1.0 and we just learned that miss america was shifting into this new 2.0 perspective so um and then the following year we were really the first class to ever participate in the 2.0 system at miss america which was really cool that we were the, the first class to go through that so i think we've really just seen a shift in the miss america organization towards highlighting women's achievements in public speaking and their community service and really just getting or having the world know who you are as a person and what you do as your job because when you win this title it is a full-time job and i think that that's really the direction of the miss america system and i'm excited to see where it continues to grow with this 2.0 um 2.0 system was that stressful trying to prepare for a different type of competition knowing that you were competing one way and would have to ultimately when you won you would compete in a different way was that hard to adapt to um uh, not really i mean because miss america did a great job of um communicating those things to us and you know we one other thing that you really unique about our class was that we essentially had two orientations because we went down to the national team pageant and then we had another orientation. So we got to see and be around all the girls and around the staff twice before we were at Miss America. So uh, I, I felt prepared and ready to compete at Miss America. And Megan, now you're, you just won Miss Nebraska USA in January, correct? Yes, ma'am. Congratulations. Thank you. So now as you prepare for Miss USA, what is something that you have to do differently than what you've done or what you've helped Allie do when you guys competed in America system? Yeah, well, I think the, the beauty of them being two different systems is that they are widely different and that's completely okay. As a fellow business owner myself, it's so important to know your mission and your vision for your own company and solely the difference between Miss America and Miss USA being one, a non not-for-profit organization and the other one being a for-profit organization makes a tremendous difference. So um, obviously in coaching someone else, although I didn't really coach Allie for Miss US or Miss America whatsoever, she kind of did her own thing because I was really adamant just to allow her to have her own experience and she wanted to create her own path. We very much are best friends and so alike in so many ways, but also are two completely different people. And we've really tried to solidify and, and show the world that we can be super, super close, but also that two strong, powerful women in the same family can create their own past, even within the same industry. And we want to encourage other people to be able to do that as well. So, um, and I think that's why we've been able to break so many records and do so many cool things is because my growth isn't attached to her and her growth Absolutely. isn't attached to me. Yeah. We're self-starters, we're self-motivators, and we know how to go after what we want and to work as hard as humanly possible to gain the um, exposure needed and the team needed and all those types of things. And so we've really done that. But on a practical level, obviously I'm prepping for a swimsuit, but I've already done that once for Miss America, although Miss USA is a totally different experience. Um, the other thing that's kind of different is I am obviously part of a conglomerate in Van Rose and Associates, which I have loved. I, I think it'd be so cool to see Miss America adopt something like that one day. Um, but again, they're, they're not, not for profit. So I don't see that ever happening. But the nice thing is that with the six states together that are owned by the Venata brothers, who are our directors, it's a really wonderful experience where I've gotten to several times um, spend five days at a time with the other title holders. So going into Miss USA, you already have like five best friends, which is one tenth of your class. So that's been something that I think just puts us at ease and, you know, people, other people there that have your back already. And that's going to provide a really seamless transition into the national competition for me.
you guys are both very educated as well. As you said, you guys come from a family of musicians. Megan, you have a, a bachelor's degree in commercial voice and music mm-hmm. business. As Miss Nebraska, I, I really bring in music as an element that really was a backbone of who I am. It's a way to de-stress. It was a huge part of my prep, honestly, as Miss in preparation for Miss America, um, because so much of that prep is learning how to decompress because so many things are thrown at you during the week and before, and you have to know how to get in the zone and how to de-stress when things don't always go your way. And for me, that was through music. It was how I calmed down. It was how I got in the zone. And I even, that even translated to when I played basketball in college, I, you know, that was a huge part of my life as well. But growing up, Music was just how we related to each other as a family. You know, we kind of traveled around as a family band playing shows. And, you know, that was just kind of our unique life growing up. And we all play multiple instruments and sing. And it's it's a very interesting way to grow up. But I wouldn't have had it any other way. Mm-hmm. Yep. D- yep. And I just say ditto to everything. She said <laughs> you know, we That's grew up with a family of songwriters and being such... Um, high-powered like go-getter naturally individuals music has been a way that we can express our creativity and express the softer sides of who we are and I think is as dumb as it sounds music really is the way that it can translate into any language and um just really soothe the soul and so we love that and you know actually I do have a little bit of news update on this for for your listeners but my there's a there's a contest that I just entered for songwriting and for an organization called Nebraska Furniture Mart, Nebraska Furniture Mart, which is now going by NFM. But my dad and I both submitted a song entry into this competition to hopefully win, I think it's $25,000 is the first place prize and to have that um, be the song of the TV commercial. So we'll have to see what happens with that. The submission deadline was just a couple days ago. And so we'll be definitely pushing that out through social media of getting people to vote for those two songs to hopefully make them into the top five. And the top five will then perform those songs live at NFM for their voting panel to to vote and select the winner. So that's a little life update from the songwriting community that a lot of people don't get to see. But you'll see that over social media, at least on mine, in the near future. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And for people who are interested in the arts, what, was, what would be one, um, I guess, a motivational tip you would tell people who are interested in the arts? Because becoming a singer, becoming a songwriter, sometimes parents can kind of look down on those careers as not making the best money. Whether it's somebody getting famous on TikTok or Instagram, or whether it's somebody starting a YouTube channel or trying out for a TV show, I really believe that your gift will make a place for you. And if you hone your craft and you are among the best, I really, really, really feel like that opportunity will provide itself for you. I have countless friends who have gone on to Broadway and started, um, I was actually just there a couple of weeks ago, um, or a couple of months ago, back in New York. And we, we went to this diner where so many Broadway stars start off at. And you, you eat your food, and then they're singing to you while you eat your food. And they have this wall of how many people who have been waiters and waitresses at that restaurant have gone on to be successful in Broadway. And it was super cool. And um, there's just so many resources out there. There's really no reason why in the age of the entrepreneur, people with an arts background can't become an entrepreneur in their own right and take control of their success. So that's something that I did when I graduated from Belmont four years ago now, actually just in a couple months. And uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to help people. So I moved home from Nashville and started completely over because I hadn't lived there in five years, obviously my Miss Nebraska year, but you know, you're traveling and working all the time. High school and 
um, just felt led to do that. And very long story short, now here we are. I've built a six-figure company in 30 states that supports women all over the world. And um, that started just from a dream. And I have an arts background and an arts degree. So really anything is possible. That's true. And I'm glad you guys mentioned or I guys mm-hmm. mentioned your entrepreneurship endeavors. How do you want to talk about that? Powerhouse pageantry is what you call it. When I started my company, I literally just found out what the heck do I need to do to start an LLC? Should I start a sole proprietorship? Should I start an LLC? What do I do? And then you honestly just commit to the journey. You commit to the process, taking every next step. And I knew I wanted to help serve women and speak on big stages one day and sing. And so you can't get caught up in the end results of something. You have to just keep saying and finding the right yeses and the right noes along the journey. So I was working as a barista um and a waitress and I hated it and it was so cool because the the fuel for how much I knew I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing had uh, gave me the encouragement and the energy to be able to work on my passion and my dreams at night and so one day um a girl dm'd me on instagram and said hey like do you do interview coaching and I remember it just sparked something in me where I was like do I do interview coaching like could I do that and I was not and still am not um, like a fashionista. I'm not a trainer. I'm not somebody who wanted to do hair and makeup. I modeled for a long time, but I was like, I don't really want to coach runway. So I was like, you know what, this one-on-one time where I really get to craft and develop the lives of girls, um, in a field that God has given me expertise in now, having been Miss Nebraska really felt like the lane I was supposed to, to run in. And so, um, and also it was, it was perfect timing, um, from an unfortunate circumstance, but the interview coach that I'd worked with that was really the guy in the entire country um, just suddenly passed away right after my Miss Nebraska year. And so there was a huge hole in the market of um, interview coaching. Nobody was really doing it. All the, all the interview coaches that we know nowadays really weren't coaching back then. And so I was like, you know what? I think I can provide um, an effective approach, personality and just my heart for, for really coaching women um, on the internal issues of life, not just pageant stuff. And interview was the lane I chose to do that. And so the very first girl I coached um, had been struggling for a long time, kept placing second runner up and then went on to win and placed top 12 at teen and got top five for her interviews. And I was like, okay, maybe we're on to something. And so now um, over the next, it'll be four years in June, we've grown to, like I said, 30 states and um, coached exclusively pretty much in the Miss America organization, about 80%, 20% USA. And it's just interview coaching, but really it's, it's lifestyle development. And now we've grown that into a separate company called the Powerhouse Project, which is kind of our umbrella company. And now we're expanding into um, sales coaching. And I help women start businesses as well, um, teaching them what I've learned. And then um, Powerhouse Project also includes my podcast. And then also like when I go and speak at churches and conferences and stuff like that. So just really want to help women live a life of their dreams and succeed in pageants. And I've been able to do that. So it's been great. 80% 80% internal and 20% practical skills. Yeah. I know that's one thing that you had on that I want to kind of reiterate was that you said mm-hmm. the passion to not do what you want, what you want to do fuels you to start the business. I think that's really important because was is I for me I'm very a spiritual person. So like I tell by emotions and energy. So if I go to work and I'm angry and I'm upset, I think that's the universe telling me that I don't need to be there. So was there anything that sparked you? I stayed. I stayed until it absolutely was unbearable for me to be there. And I had enough cash flow coming in where I could support myself. 
And I think that's huge. Um, you don't just up and quit your job because you have a dream. Because a lot of times um, you need to learn the character principles and the tenacity and the hard work ethic, especially being millennials or Generation Z, where everything's so quick at our fingertips. I think the uncomfortability and the emotion um, that fuels you to do something else needs we need to learn to be comfortable with that right and if we just up and quit our jobs then no longer do we have that fuel we actually take ourselves away from that fuel and a lot of times what I see in coaching people is that then they get lazy because they no longer have that thing driving that emotion that makes them want to be successful in a different way so badly so I would say it's actually extremely important to stay the course until you're absolutely sure that you've built something and that you've learned to trust your own tenacity that you can go to your job during the day and work at night because if you haven't learned how to trust yourself in that way then you just won't be successful I think also one thing that you mentioned is that you do interview prep and being a woman myself and I know you guys can probably relate is that sometimes we're we can be timid or we can be shy or we can be afraid of speaking up how would you encourage women to use their voice and to take up space like we're seeing now this is Allie. One of them will be taking over my job in June, but we were talking about this exact topic, how to prep for interview, how to be authentically you, really focusing on your own identity and staying in your lane. And I just encouraged my girls, like around this time when you're prepping for a pageant, your eyes might start to wander on another candidate. Comparison mindset might try and set in. And I just encourage them, hey, you know, no one can do you better than you. And that's such a beautiful thing to celebrate. And the more you press into personal development and figuring out who you are, what your gift mix is, what your strengths are, what your passions are, that's going to make you be a better candidate or contestant in pageants and just in life. And that's how you really create yourself into a lady leader, because when you believe in yourself, like that's the most powerful thing in the entire world. And that is what translates to the faces of competition, like interview or talent or swimsuit. It's that confidence that just exudes out of every pore of your being because you're, you believe in yourself more than anybody else can. And so at the end of the day, regardless of what the judges say or think about you, you're going to be fine because you walk into that pageant or competition or interview already a winner in your mindset. And you truly believe that. And that just comes out of you in every single pore. And I think that's the best piece of advice that I received in preparation for Miss America and for Miss Nebraska. And that's what I constantly tell my girls and what I will say till I'm blue in the face. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would, I would say that's a hundred percent true. I pretty much know when one of my clients is ready to win and there's just this internal switch that finally turns on where they're like, you know what? I no longer am giving the power away in someone else's hands to judge me or give me an arbitrary number in a pageant that I'm going to allow to define my identity. But they walk in and we call it the I'm a 10 mindset at powerhouse pageantry where you have to go in firmly believing, like Ali said, to your core that you are the girl and not in an arrogant way, but in a prepared way, in a way where you're like, you know what, I've read so many books and I've woken up early and gone through my morning routine and I've gone to the gym and I've sacrificed and I've not, you know, gone out with friends on the weekend. I've said no to things. I've, I've set my vision like a fleet on what I want and I've driven the car in a singular direction to get there. And there's so much personal development, um, which is such a hype word right now or phrase right now, but when you really commit yourself to that and you learn the sacrifice that it takes to be on that journey and be the best, there's an internal knowing that comes and an internal radiance and confidence that can't help but explode because what, you know, what's on the inside comes out when you're squeezed and you can't fake it.
and you, you just can't. And so it's a beautiful thing to see the right people win when they've done that inner work. But owning your power is a hundred percent, I should say 80% internal and 20% actual practical skills. If you grew up with just not a whole lot of support and you've had to do a lot of things on your own, you might have a significantly more difficult time or longer journey to rewire your mind towards a success mindset and a, and a proper positive belief mindset. But the good news is that anybody can do it. You, again, have to be committed to the journey, not just the end result. In college, I was very fortunate to play for a husband and wife duo. Um, the husband, Leon Neal, was our head coach and his wife, Dawn, was the assistant. And both of them come from really, really tough backgrounds. He grew up in Compton and Watts in California, and she grew up in inner Detroit. And so that very much translated to their coaching style. They were very it was kind of tough love with um, their coaching style in college. And I am so, so, so grateful to have been put through something like that in college because, you know, I was constantly pressed. My body and my mindset were constantly pushed to the limit. Um, waking up at 4 a.m., doing two-a-day practices, you know, having to learn that balance. Like people talk about the work-life balance. For me, it was school athletic balance almost or like personal life balance. Um, but so many of those skills, your drive, your grit, your work ethic, your mindset, your attitude towards life and towards the situation in front of you translates to prep for pageantry and just real life. And those are skills that I definitely learned as an athlete in college. I was really fortunate enough to be a two-time All-American athlete and scholar All-American and three-year team captain, which a lot of people, you know, try and achieve those kind of um, achievements in sports but I'm so glad my identity is not in that and that was just kind of an afterthought and a result of um, the hard work that I did put in and I definitely wouldn't have achieved those awards without my amazing coaching staff and without my team supporting me towards those goals and towards um, those accomplishments each year that I played. And speaking of journeys, Ali, I want to ask you about your time as a collegiate athlete playing basketball. So we know you were a three-year captain of the women's basketball team at Evangel when you was in college. I played basketball, and I, I was a lot thicker than I am now. Uh, I was still healthy, but just a lot thicker. And in my position, I got beat up a lot because I, I had to be really, really aggressive. There was a lot of contact because it is a full-contact sport. And um, to protect my bones and my joints, I, I had to put on more muscle, and I just had to be a little bit thicker. After I graduated from college, athlete I was used to eating a certain way and I was used to my lifestyle being a certain way and I kind of got into life and I'm like you know I can't eat this way I I working out this way for the longevity of my life is is not sustainable so I really had to reevaluate my health and fitness routine what I what food I was putting into my body kind of talk through macros and find a fitness routine that now worked for my my lifestyle and so now after post college I have fallen in love with uh, being a fitness instructor. I, I instruct at a local fitness studio here in Omaha that's all women, um, and I coach people ages 18 through 74. And so I love, love, love what I do there. It, it's part-time, but I get to meet so many amazing women, lady leaders around the Omaha area. And it's really been beneficial in my own life, um, in my own health and fitness journey, because it is so much about your mindset and wanting to work on just finding something that fits for you and fits with your routine. I love that. Yes, ma'am. And it kind of goes along with your sister's um, platform advocating for total body wellness. really cool to see the thread that has come about to be what Powerhouse Pageantry and the Powerhouse Project are today. 
So really, that was my platform because those are the fundamentals and are the fundamentals of what I believe creates a whole person. We know that we're not just a body because obviously when somebody passes away, some something on the inside of us goes somewhere, right? We believe it goes to heaven. Um, and that's something that's our personal belief. But we know that we carry a spirit and then also a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And then a body, which is our earth suit. And so I wanted to be able to help women and address um, all three of those areas, because if you're just fixing the external, the internal can still vastly be broken and also connectedness to a spiritual faith based um, theology is something that is proven to help individuals feel connected and find unity in their community um, with people with, with shared values and beliefs and can just strengthen you to live a life of hope. And so I wanted to make sure that we were addressing, and I do even in my interview coaching, um, things from all three of those attributes, because otherwise we're creating a bunch of momentum in one area, but then the other two could be severely lacking, which are still affecting that one area. So um, I felt like it was just disingenuous to only address one of those things. And I think what you're finding even in today's society is that a lot more health coaches and trainers are adopting more of this mindset because they really are realizing that the whole body connection is how we get the best results. Yeah, I think that's true. I have seen a lot of people focus on mental health and self-care. That's kind of the same along the same lines. It's really important, too, especially with all that's going on in the world. You know, yesterday was Super Tuesday. I don't know if it's your primary in Nebraska, but Illinois is next week. And it's just a lot of you just get hit with a lot of like mm -hmm. ads and just a lot of media. Sometimes you just need to step away from everything, kind of just de-stress. I think for me, this is Allie. I, my favorite way to de-stress is either listening to music or working out. Um, like I said, I, I love fitness instructing and I find a lot of joy in that. And also I love listening to different kinds of music. For me, it reminds me of my growing up or my upbringing. And it's just a way for me to kind of detach from the world and be in my zone and calm down a little bit. And this is Megan. I love reading. I love working out. I love going for walks when it's nice enough out and just allowing my headspace to just kind of unravel. So um, I will do lots of times of just like reading and discovery, prayer, meditation, and then, yeah, working out definitely. Or even calling a friend like on a walk and just like not necessarily venting because I think that that can be really negative, but just having conversation about life and things that matter and, um, you know, living in community with people. I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> call a girlfriend and just say hey girl and just let it go yeah yep. we are 20 months apart i'm older because i'm a little bit taller but <laughs> yeah. i don't know i think i think you like act older yeah but <laughs> she's more silly i'm a little yeah bit more i'm dominant. a little more goofy I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm more dumb. <laughs> our dad's a twin yeah he is he's identical twin fun fact yeah, sometimes like we pretend like we're twins yeah and people cool though and then sometimes people legit don't think we're sisters we had to convince somebody at omaha fashion week this weekend that we were sisters for like 10 minutes just because we have blonde and like black hair and no one believes us i'm like dude look and at our faces look yeah. at our faces yeah we look the same but also different so <laughs> like 130 pounds and six feet tall i was told i was too fat so i stopped modeling when i was 17 because i didn't feel like it was healthy for me and uh, that's a huge part of my story i just posted it on instagram actually yesterday so people can go read it on there my omaha fashion week post but i think that the world is changing with modeling and actually like people like Ashley Graham, who's from right here in Nebraska, have changed the conversation 
about body types. And I think as long as someone is within a healthy BMI and a healthy range, um, they should be celebrated for what their body looks like. And so I hope that that I hope that that conversation continues to change. And as Miss USA, that's something that would definitely be a focus of mine. Still, I have just been trying to work on my craft as much as I possibly can to really present my best self. I also absolutely love swimsuit. I work my butt off, no pun intended, to strut my stuff on that stage. And that's an area where I really feel like I can shine. And then honestly, just to have fun. We have an amazing class. We have a very, very high caliber class. I know probably people say that every year, but I really just love the art of healthy competition. I'm an athlete at heart and I'm just pumped to get to throw myself into a a, kind of the next level competition. I think it's good for us, whether that is through um, disappointment and failure or success. I think it's really, really good for us to learn how to just put ourselves in those situations that stretch, grow and strengthen us. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited to watch you too. I think it's going to be, I think this class of 2020 is a really good class. I I don't think that's an understatement. I think that really is a really, this is a really good class, a really high, strong caliber class. And it's really anyone's game. Like, I don't even know. I haven't been in my top 20 just yet, but like, I know yeah. at least like 30 people. I was probably like, oh my goodness. Yes, any we, of them yeah, it will USA. be. I don't envy their position. Sally, you just finished at Miss America um, this past winter oh my class i literally believe is so stacked that was the one feedback that everybody said after hearing our intros live on tv was oh my gosh these girls are so accomplished they've done so much they're so educated and they're so service oriented and that truly is a great reflection of my class i i am truly sisters with each and every one of them and i know people say that like megan just said like oh my gosh my class was stacked but really so many of us could have been selected as Miss America because you mean you prep for the job, like you're going to win the job. Right. And everyone is just so humble, so accomplished. And it was really cool to be a part of that really unique class. And I know at your state, like you mentioned, you did win the interview awards. Um, and there wasn't a swimsuit at, um, at Miss America 2.0 this last year. I had Personally, the most empowering phase of competition was the social impact pitch at Miss America, which I got to give a 90 second TED talk on my social impact initiative, Cyber Smarts, which is about social media safety. And I love the book Atomic Habits. Um, I also love the book Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I have all my clients read psycho cybernetics which is a self-image book and um then i also am reading the road back to you i'm obsessed with the enneagram and so i have all my clients read about their personality after they take an enneagram test because i think it really helps them know why they function and work the way that they work and for me i love john maxwell's leadership books honestly and i'm also reading psycho cybernetics and i would definitely recommend any of john maxwell's books and definitely psycho cybernetics for anybody listening Um, It's by Maxwell Maltz. It's a red and white book originally from the 60s. And um, I literally make all my clients read it. It's amazing. Well, I wish you guys the best on your future endeavors. Absolutely. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for having us on.